episode 255 entitled The Letter. The podcast is lovingly dedicated to Charlotte Botsford Getz because Charlotte's work for Mockingbird and her entire witness as I receive it and see it is um, full of heart, deeply realistic, highly ironic, daffy, at times even goofy in the very best possible sense, extremely uh, funny and uh, unself-important and um, um, warm and uh, real. <laughs> so all those, I've, I, I loved uh, Charlotte's grandfather very much and knew him well, and I love Charlotte's parents, and I've come to see in Charlotte herself the most worthy legatee with her own particular panache. And so I dedicate this um, uh, podcast entitled The Letter to Charlotte, although my uh, uh, admiring dedication has nothing to do with the actual theme of this particular cast, which is um, a uh, cast um, which arises from a letter that... um, Eric Clapton once wrote to Patty Boyd, and do follow me on Instagram if you can, do follow me because I'm uh, trying to currently do a series on Patty Boyd and you might call it the the, the many loves of Dobie Gillis, but substitute the word of her famous name for it um, and uh, some extraordinary pictures of her time with George Harrison and with Eric Clapton and some sort of comments by implication from those remarkable and 
piercing photographs about the nature of life, the nature of women and men, and in particular the nature of that woman. But what I want to read is this letter that Eric Clapton wrote Patty Boyd very early in their romantic relationship. And the um, the power of the letter is, it, is that it uh, um, embodies what many people really feel about their lives. And the point of the podcast is not the letter, and it's not uh, Eric Clapton, and it's not Patty Boyd. It's the fact that people feel the way Eric Clapton clearly and with extraordinary vulnerability uh, expressed himself and felt in this letter because what you find in ministry is that people aren't telling you. They don't know to tell you or they can't tell you because the pain is so great. And this is true in marriage and in relationships and relationships with your friends and your children and you name it. The pain that people feel at a certain level, it's usually just one or two things. And usually, if the truth were told, it's one thing. It's an either-or thing, something in the, in the system and in the past and in the, in the overall body, mind, uh, soul, spirit of the person is so um, painful that they've given up all hope in practice of it ever being removed or carried away. Auf Getreht, taken away. It, it simply is that deep. So you find uh, this is accounts for suicide. It accounts for the remarkable fact that many, many people who appear quite normal and having normal feelings and you might say the normal range of highs and lows suddenly and without any warning as far as you're concerned commit suicide. Why? Because something inside them was so painful that it was unbearable. And usually it means they weren't listened to because if a person who's contemplating suicide or in, in a very irrational and compulsive sort of an arrow shot moment. Oh my gosh, I want to end it all. That is usually someone who has not been able to tell anybody the real sluice, the deep underground um, roaring um, stream of their own uh, intolerable anguish and suffering and loss and impasse. And that is something that is remorse, whatever you, whatever it actually is. That is something that is true. People do not tell them. I've known many people who've committed suicide, some very soon after I saw them in pastoral work. And uh, um, and tried to, you know, ease their suffering, but it was too involved myself to really pick up on the signals. And I really believe, and Mary underlines this very straightforwardly and very clearly, that if a person is really listened to who is contemplating ending it all, uh, it is the best possible antidote to ending it all. Because when you lance the worst of the pain and the most deeply felt, as you'll see in Eric Clapton's letter to Patty Boyd, something happens um, that decreases it. It's really grace and law the 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 the, uh, the grace of listening and not flinching from someone's absolute and abject powerful pain um is often that the comfort received from that and from the feeling of the pain to heal it, the feel to heal, is such that the uh, requirement, the compulsion to end it all finishes. And this is so often also when people do seemingly um, uh, dramatic things out of character. You know, a, a woman suddenly leaves her husband, a man leaves his wife, they leave their children, they leave their jobs. Suddenly, you know, you can say, oh, never do a big decision when you're feeling low. That means nothing. It's true. That's absolutely true. Never do make a big decision when you're feeling bad. But um, the only way to get to the heart of the decision you might make that is irrational and perhaps decisive and fatal very often, <clears throat> fatal, let me underline that, F-A-T, fatwa, fatal, um, is uh, the, the only uh, uh, possible form of healing is to be able to experience it and feel it in the arms or in the eyes or in the uh, ear of empathy. And that uh, will prevent someone from doing something that is fatal in any way you want to see it. I remember, um, was it Mary Gordon? Someone, a famous person, uh, 
famous writer or possibly a famous academic wrote in the New York Times years ago an op-ed. Uh, she was so surprised, her, some of her old friends who did very irrational things in middle age, and she said somebody she knew who had a very high position in some academic institution was a highly regarded, absolutely top-of-the-line anchor sort of person. One day just absolutely just left everything, left her husband, left her teenage children, left everything to go with another man. And uh, uh, I think it was Mary Gordon, but it might have been someone else who wrote, it is possible, in fact, when you are in a particular frame of mind for a man to tell a woman, he, she was speaking of her friend, simply to, to look at her in the eye and tell her she's pretty. And, and, and that has such power, for whatever reason, given we can say, oh, it oughtn't to have that power, but it does have such a power when the man, the right man comes along at the right moment and says, you know, I really think you're pretty. It, it can change Everything is like a fireworks bursting over you, and suddenly you, 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 you make a decision that looks to the world like it's crazy, and later on you do regret. Now, the letter that I want to read, and this is not a long podcast, and it will end with a fairly long rock song. You heard initially, of course, the letter, the original version of it by the box tops. I don't like the version by, um, I almost said LL Cool J. I didn't mean it. I meant Joe. Cocker don't like that version of it, uh, but the original version, which you heard, um, and you'll note something about it in um, something that I'm going to tell you about it in uh, on, on Instagram in the next couple of days. Um, this is the letter, and it, it reflects such a degree of pain, such a degree of power, such a degree of honesty that the letter should go down, should be mandatory reading for all people in the helping professions, and specifically for Christian ministers, of, of whom I am one, or have been one. And this is the letter. By the way, the he uh, Eric Clapton uh, called um, Bonnie, uh, Patty Boyd at this stage in their relationship, Layla. Layla and what, Mnuchin or something, something is a famous um, uh, kind of fable from Iranian mythology about two star-crossed lovers. It's the definitive romantic sort of Tristan and Isolde uh, kind of um, uh, theme from Iranian mythology, and it's a great, great story, but it's very upsetting if you've ever sort of known these feelings. It's very profound, and he, uh, under the influence of that story, called this woman with whom he was completely and totally glommed on, infatuated, but before their relationship came to an absolute boil, and he wrote this letter. I think he wrote it on the back... the back cover of a John Steinbeck novel or something. It's one of these things that, you know, you write, you, re- write, you, re- you really think uh, on a train journey or somewhere where you're, um, you write what you really think. Dear Layla, writes Clapton, for nothing more than the pleasures past, that means with you, for nothing more than the pleasures past, I would sacrifice my family, my God, and my own existence, and still you will not move. I am at the end of my mind. I cannot go back, and there is nothing in tomorrow, save you, that can attract me beyond today. I have listened to the wind. I have watched the dark brooding clouds. I have felt the earth beneath me for a sign, a gesture, but there is only silence. Why do you hesitate? Am I a poor lover? Am I ugly? Am I too weak, too strong? Do you know why? If you want me, take me. I am yours. If you don't want me, please break the spell that binds me. To cage a wild animal is a sin, in quotes, he writes. To tame him is divine, end of quote. My love is yours, Eric Clapton. Well, notice that first sentence. For nothing more than the pleasures past of you, 
I would sacrifice my family, my God, and my own existence. I'm at the end of my mind. Well, now, that is the way you have probably felt that way at some point in your life. You have probably felt that way about someone or something at some point in your life. And it's the last thing you would say, sacrifice my God. This explains why people who are devout Christians sometimes do extraordinary, or evangelical Christians, or charismatic Christians, Pentecostal Christians, or Roman Catholic Christians, are uh, somehow will do an extraordinary 180 vis-a-vis something that is completely contrary to their profession. And they know it. And yet, deep down at a certain level, the gospel message of total empathy and love and, and sacrificial love from the standpoint of the one who made us for our soul's sake has not penetrated an iota. And iota, I ask you to think about yourself in this. I, I, it's a frequent theme of mine, but it, it never loses its relevance. <clears throat> because there are things inside a person that are absolutely, we feel, unhealable, unquenchable, and unimpassable and impenetrable. And uh, that is what impermeable. And such a feeling is caught by the feeling that um, Clapton had for Boyd. And uh, it is a real thing. Now, he was even willing, he said, to sacrifice his God. And by the way, Eric Clapton is a convinced Christian. He's a member of the Church of England, and an active one. And his vicar, at least... His vicar at a certain point, probably all old men now, um, was a regular uh, in Clapton's house and, of course, kept his mouth shut, as he ought to have done. was obviously a wonderful pastoral man uh, down in the south of England somewhere. Well, I say all this because it lances something that is very, very deep, and that is why I wanted to first uh, read to you, uh, listen, have you listen to The Box Tops, the letter, and then uh, hear um, the letter by Clapton and ask yourself, is it possible, could you write such a letter? Have you ever been in a situation where you might have wanted to write such a letter? You didn't have the guts to write such a letter, or he's too much hung on such a letter. But in fact, it, you may have written one. I proposed to Mary, this is me, when I was drunk, by letter. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you don't do that. I proposed marriage to my wife of 45 years, whom I adore. I proposed to her in a letter that I wrote while drunk. I recently got a guy to drive me past the mailbox where I mailed the letter. The mailbox wasn't there anymore. The, the house in front of which is an old fellow prep school student's father and family lived at the house right opposite the mailbox. There it was. I think it was the corner of Lowell Street and Western Avenue in Upper Northwest Washington. And it's no longer there, but I, I can remember being drunk and walking up to the thing and mailing it. Mary, with incredible grace, sort of pretended, as it were, that she'd, you know, I mean, who, you don't want to get a proposal that way. Are you out of your mind? Who wants to? But that's a, that was my little Eric Clapton moment. Um, I meant it, though. And look, you know, ultimately it worked out. But still, golly, you know, think about it. Uh, you, you, you just, that was not, what is it? Not funny. <laughs> Doesn't uh, Don Johnson say that uh, uh, to the girlfriend who takes his gun uh, when they spend the night together in the uh, Prodigal Son episodes? Anyway, I say that to you. Hope you hope you find this helpful and interesting and important because it is the truth in my opinion and now we're going to finish by listening to um eric clapton uh playing with the band in the last waltz uh and the um uh, cover is further on up the road you're going to reap just what you sow i think it's a bobby bland song that is brilliantly covered i think even that either robbie robertson or um clapton broke a guitar string in the middle of it, but what I want you to listen to is, is that who it is. It's Eric Clapton um, 
singing, and I think he would probably say, oh my gosh, that was uh, foreshadowing, and uh, deeply wonderful. And also, the song is so great, because, you know, there's a difference between men and women. Uh, men can just go nuts over an extended guitar solo. It's almost onanistic. Women, too, but women will go nuts in other ways and for other forms of the song, but you can... T- or the guys in the audience go bananas at about the third iteration of the extended guitar solo at the end. Listen to it. Listen to it. It's like a Paula White sermon. You know, you, you want to get to the point in the Paula White sermon when she's good, which is three out of four times, when she's really inspired by the Holy Spirit. Sort of about three quarters of the way into it, suddenly God takes over the preacher. The Holy Spirit descends and literally the place goes melts down. Thermonuclear! Well, this uh, little song uh, played by the band and Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton is thermonuclear. Love you!
Heaven. <laughs>